Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. And I will be with you today as I am uh, happy to do every week to discuss another topic that is of great value to all of us that are in the multifamily space. And that is the economic cycle. What are the four phases of the economic cycle as we define them? There's lots of different ways to define it, and you'll hear a lot of different terms, but I'll share with you how we define it. And um, what we think the interesting thing is about each of those phases in terms of how people respond to the phases and how some plan on, or at least try to make money during those phases. Uh, we at Mara Polling are big advocates of positioning yourself and investing so that you thrive throughout the entirety of the economic cycle. It is a cycle. It's not a single event. There is no such thing as the recovery or the recession because there's always a recession on the way. There's always a point of maturation in front of you. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that and uh, I hope that you find it uh, valuable. If you have questions, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at morapolling.com or swing by our Website, there's some great material you can download there, past webinars that you can sign up for. We'll have a new webinar series coming out soon. We don't have it up and running just yet, but we will, and you'll be able to register for those. All of that is at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And again, you can email me, pat at marapolling, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. Uh, at the website, you can, in addition to downloading material, you can click one of the links there and you can schedule some time on my calendar. I would be happy to chat with you, whether it's about learning more about Mara Polling and what you might be able to do in terms of working with us uh, and or happy to chat with you about your individual portfolio. So if you have some multifamily assets or a single family rentals or whatever it might happen to be that you'd like to chat about, I'm uh, more than happy to uh, get on the horn and spend some time with you doing that. So let's get into the economic cycle. I mentioned just a moment ago that we define it as having four phases. I think everybody's kind of on board with that. Uh, we use the following terms to describe them. I'm not an economist. I'm sure there's an economist listening somewhere out there or could be listening that'll say, oh, that's not how you describe it, it's this. And they are absolutely probably right. Uh, I, I'm Like I said, I'm not an economist. I took an economics class, a couple of them, quite a long time ago. Um, but we think this describes the essence of the cycle as we all experience it, and this is what we want to talk about. So let's start with where we think we are today, and that is uh, maturation or maturity, followed by recession, which we all think is coming soon, and then the recovery, right? So the bottoming out and the recovery from the downturn, and then growth, which is the part of the economic cycle that everybody loves. So we're going to talk about each of those and uh, a little bit about the investing philosophy that uh, we see some people executing and about what our uh, investment thesis is throughout the process and how it performs in each of these stages. So let's start with uh, maturity. So, um, you know, this is one of those uh, times when it's kind of interesting. Times are good, right? Um, unemployment, pretty low. 
unemployment's always an odd number, you know, because there's the phantom unemployed and the folks that have given up looking for work and the underemployed, and it's very tough to get numbers on those. But I don't think anybody out there could argue uh, that uh, that we're in a worse position today than we were, you know, five years ago. And, and certainly we're in a much better position than we were in, uh, you know, 07, 08, 09, those timeframes. So, uh, you know, things are pretty good. Uh, there's actually been some improvements in uh, income levels uh, recently. That's good to see. It's not as high as, uh, as, uh, uh, as, as it could be, and uh, the economy would be healthier probably if that was higher, but, you know, those are good numbers. Um, you know, we're all kind of happy, right? Now, everybody's kind of happy and we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, which is for the recession to hit. So right now, there are absolutely folks out there that like multifamily real estate, that like commercial real estate, and won't touch it with a 10-foot pole because it's quote-unquote overvalued because cap rates are really low right now, and they're low because we're at the end of this peak in the economic cycle. And I don't necessarily disagree with that assessment. I don't know that I agree with the idea that you shouldn't be investing in what is a long-term investment vehicle, real estate, because of short-term fluctuations in a market device called cap rates. Listen to last week's session, we talked about cap rates uh, uh, for 20 or 30 minutes and, and there's some good material there about that. Um, so there's money on the sidelines right now because everybody's afraid that we're at some peak and they don't wanna be the guy that bought high or gal that bought high and sold low. Um, we think, and this is our thesis, that if you do buy high, right, and we're buying assets right now, so if you do buy when the economic cycle is at its maturation, well, why can't you buy high and sell higher down the road? Um, because if you look at an economic cycle, a lot of people draw it as a wheel, right? You know, so there's a, you know, at the top of the wheels, maturation, and then you've got this, it comes down and it's, uh, you know, the recession, and then you get to the recovery, and then you've got this growth. And some people draw it as a wave, right? So it looks like a sine wave. But even the ones that I've seen drawn like a sine wave, they're drawn horizontally when they need to be drawn at like a 30 degree slope. Because if you look back over time, a future recession will economically be similar in performance to today's maturation because we're growing the economy, right? As, as, we move, as we move forward. That's one of the reasons why you will hear individuals say things like, we've never had more people employed than we do today. And that can be true even when we have high unemployment, simply because, as I said, the economy grows over time. And if you talk raw numbers, that kind of thing is true. It's like when people talk about this movie is the highest grossing movie of all time. Well, yeah, because, you know, tickets were $6 for that other movie or a dollar for that other movie. And there were only, there were only X number of theaters as opposed to 5,000 theaters today or whatever it might happen to be. Um, so there are folks that are sitting on the sidelines right now. We believe in a long-term investment thesis around multifamily real estate and that uh, we shouldn't be afraid to purchase assets during the peak of a cycle, of an economic cycle. 
That doesn't mean to overpay for assets. The assets still have to work inside the specific conservative underwriting tool that we use and that you should be using if, if you're doing any of this work on your own. Um, there's probably fewer deals that fit the criteria at the peak, but there aren't no deals. And that's so that's the fallacy of uh, the market's just overpriced. I'm not going to get involved. Okay. Um, and don't mistake me. That's not a, well, gee, you're going to miss the next 10% uptick if you do that. It's not about short-term re uh, returns. It's about you're, you're adding quality assets to your portfolio. It's what we do. And those assets are going to perform over time. And then you'll trade those assets and move up to an even larger consistently quality asset as you, as you do that. And so if you're doing that, you're going to own real estate over a long period of time, not individual assets, but assets in that class, such that you're going to go through the entire economic cycle once, twice, three times. Um, you know, we've, we've been lulled into a false sense of security that um, growth and maturation is all there is to the economic cycle, and that's just not true. While people remember the recession, they remember it, I think, differently than recessions actually are. That was a big, big recession. The Great Recession is the name that's often used for it. And people have kind of forgotten that recessions are just a normal thing that happens. You know, every three, five, six, seven years, we have one. And they last a couple of quarters, they last a year, and they're kind of healthy. They, they clean the pipes of the economy out, and then we get a nice bit of growth that comes after that. So, um, so that's more the typical thought within the cycle. All right, so that's maturation. Uh, the next is the dreaded R word, recession. You shouldn't be afraid of recessions. We're not afraid of recessions. One, if if you're afraid of them, then you're in you're in the wrong game because they're going to happen, and they're going to happen with some regularity, as I was just describing. So you need to be prepared for them, and you need to be thinking about how are the investments I'm making going to perform. And I don't mean by that what kind of returns they're going to have. In other words. What are they actually going to do during a recession? So our assets, and this is the reason we like, for example, class B, uh, growth markets, uh, strong diversified employment sectors and so on. Even with all of that, we will have some tenants that will lose their jobs or have their hours cut or their pay cut. And unfortunately that means some of them are gonna have to move out and they're gonna need to move elsewhere out of our class B asset They'll move in with some friends uh, and and uh, uh, you know do a roommate kind of thing, or they'll move to a class C, or they might relocate to another market because they get a, a job somewhere else. But there's also going to be folks in a class A property that maybe really shouldn't have been living in a class A property. Maybe they didn't have the financial means to really live there, and they're going to probably not lose their job, but they may say gosh, I need, to, um, I need to adjust my living standards a little bit. And so they'll, they'll pull back and they'll come move into our class B. Or there might be individuals that unfortunately lose their homes. Right? There'll be some of that that goes on. And they'll need a nice place to live uh, with good schools and a safe neighborhood and so on. And so they'll be moving into one of our class B assets. And so if you purchase the right kinds of assets in the right locations and manage them correctly, you can actually be successful during a recession and being successful during a recession does two things for you. One, it lets you sleep well, so you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, there's a recession coming, what's gonna to happen to my money? And two, if you're not panicked, right? 
if you've invested with us or you're investing using our kind of thesis on your own, not only are you not panicked during our session, you're able to take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves from other people that are panicked. Folks that have been making shorter term, higher leveraged, higher risk investments, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to understand the risk you're getting into. And if somebody gets pinched in that risk, that potentially creates a buying opportunity where we can pick something up for, you know, 80 cents on the dollar and, and make some money right off the bat, right? So uh, being conservative positions you for the recession and for surviving it and thriving during that time frame. Then we'll hit the bottom and we begin to see the recovery. Our recovery from the Great Recession was a little anemic. You know, we we kind of chugged along. I mean, it's been 10 years, right? We're, we're, we're looking at here the longest, I think we're on the verge of, I forget how many month, more months it is, but we're on the verge of having the longest post-war growth period um, uh, ever. Uh, and again, like I said, I think it's just in the next few months. But it's been really tepid. You know, we've had we've had a lot of growth that's been in the one percent, one and a half percent, maybe not even two percent. And then we've had the occasional spike to three percent or a little above three percent. And those are great, but it's not been sustained, right? So we really haven't had a robust recovery. It's been a recovery though, and we've seen consistent and steady improvement and performance in the overall uh, economy. And when that happens that creates a wonderful opportunity. So if we've been conservative in our investing, such that we survived and thrived during the recession, we're positioned and poised to do really well during the recovery and to ride that wave up. There are investors out there, and some of these are the folks that maybe were sitting on the sidelines. Uh, I call them timers. These are the folks that are like, okay, I'm gonna time exactly when I need to get in, you know, because I absolutely, you know, I, I want to get in at the very, very bottom just before it turns to go up, and I'm going to get out at the very, very, very top. And I've never been able to do that in any investment that I've been in. I believe that's very difficult. I think it's probably even harder in real estate, given the kind of liquidity uh, there is in terms of the assets that are available. But there are folks out there that that's what they're looking to do. They're looking to dive in and take advantage of opportunities uh, during the uh, during the recovery. Um, what can happen with that though, and this is what spills into the growth phase, is there can be a false sense of security that's created for some of these folks that timed their investments because their investments may and probably likely are to kind of do well, right? Have a nice return on them, get decent cash uh, flow and some nice equity growth. And wow, I, I, I did a really good job. Boy, I'm, I'm really smart at this. Well. If you're not making money during the growth phase of the economic cycle, you're probably not in the right business uh, to be doing this. Um, you know, when the economy is growing, truly growing, and uh, employment is increasing and demand for quality employees is tight, meaning unemployment's low, therefore wages are growing, uh, standards of living are improving, uh, you know, those are excellent times to be making money and most investments are going to be making money. Most real estate investments are going to do that. I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are very concerned about the coming recession because they know when they look at their personal real estate investments that they've made that, gosh, you know, I made a lot of money in 2010 and 2011 and 2012, 
It's like, yeah, because everybody made money then. You know, that's that was in the midst of the of the recovery from this really deep hole and in the beginning of this great growth period that we're on. So if you want to perform across those entire cycles, part of it is in one respect, ignoring the entire cycle, right? Don't don't get worried about it. Focus on putting together good quality assets, have a solid underwrite, uh, have the right conservative elements in it. So for example, we use a tool called break-even occupancy, which allows us to see just how much pressure the asset can handle before it won't be able to maintain a positive cash flow. And we want to be in a position where we can have significant amounts of vacancy and revenue reductions and still be completely fine. No reserve issues, nothing else at all. Um, that's one of the criteria that we have that makes our assets more uh, conservative. We're always going to underwrite higher cap rates on exit, um, uh, lower occupancy than uh, what has been uh, historic and what the uh, current performance of the asset is. More modest rent growth than what the current uh, rent models show is available. Uh, improvement values that will be less than what the competitors are achieving. Now, that doesn't mean we expect those things to happen. We certainly expect to perform and would hope to perform as well as the rest of the market, if not better, but we need to underwrite that way. And by underwriting that way, two things happen. We reduce the likelihood that something negative will happen during the recession, uh, whether it's this recession or the one that we're going to have, you know, five years from now or the one that we're going to have four years after that or whenever it might happen to be. We want to be in a position where we can be not just safe and secure during those time frames, but we want our assets to perform well and, and we want to thrive. If we have done that, right, so we've moved from a 50-50 proposition in terms of risk on the downside to opportunity on the upside, we've reduced that downside risk maybe towards 20%. Say, so say we've got a 20% downside risk now. And that's often what you'll hear, hear us talk about is uh, that we're in the, in the business of reducing risk on these investment profiles. Well, if you reduce it to 20%, because it all adds up to 100, by definition, the upside opportunity is now 80%. And so if we've got an 80% upside opportunity as we move into recovery, as we move into a growth phase, as we achieve maturity, that's that's an outstanding position for us to be in. And we will be able to overachieve our targets. Now, we don't want to set that expectation. We don't do that for ourselves. We would encourage our clients not to do that. And we certainly would encourage you, don't, don't be conservative and then turn around and say, okay, so my numbers are conservative, so I know I can do better than that. No, your numbers are your numbers. That's That's how it's going to perform. There's simply a greater likelihood that it could perform better. And we experience that on our assets. We have an asset right now that's uh, that's going through the 1031 process, uh, and it's trading several years earlier than uh, we had expected because that 80% upside came through, and uh, and we've experienced a very good uh, return on that asset. And now we're going to go through a 1031 and move on to another. So uh, the economic cycle is important. Uh, we do pay attention to it more than we would pay attention to the real estate cycle. We pay attention to the components of the real estate cycle, so things like absorption and uh, construction costs and so on, specifically in-class absorption and in-class construction costs. Um, 
but we look at that more on a specific uh, market and sub-market basis than we do in terms of, you know, something a little more global. And um, and ultimately, we believe there's a, a larger impact in terms of just understanding the economic cycle um, because it if, it if it has a more macro effect, not just on our assets but on everything that our tenants uh, experience. The real estate cycle really only, really only talks about the availability of assets. It doesn't really get into the component of, uh, you know, our incomes rising. So tenants not only have the ability to, but are interested in moving to a higher uh, standard of living kind of asset with more amenities or better schools or whatever it might happen to be. And uh, so that's the reason that we believe that's a, that's a critical opportunity. Don't hesitate to reach out and shoot me any questions or comments. If you've got an idea about uh, this that you'd love to share with me, I'd be happy to hear it. If you're interested in learning more about how Mara polling, about how we take this strategy and deploy it in the portfolio that's inside the total return fund or in our other assets that we have uh, in, the, in, our, um, in the Mara polling portfolio, I'm happy to chat with you about that. Swing by the website, register for some of the webinars, uh, download the copies uh, that are there, the recorded sessions. Uh, please, uh, we've got a lot of great material on the podcasts. Uh, uh, this is uh, season three. We're um, we're about a third of the way through the uh, through the year, maybe a little more than a third of the way through the year. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, so if you have questions uh, on older sessions that you've listened to, don't hesitate to reach out. Pat at marapolling.com. M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please join me next week for our next episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. Mm -hmm.